Listener Production. Giving you the warm and fuzzies just like when your favourite flirty barista draws a love heart on your latte. Oh, isn't that cute? It's Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Hello and welcome to, oh my goodness, it's the last show of the week with a big bit of Easter coming up, Matt. Oh, so excited to get a visit from the Easter Bunny. Good Friday as well. Lots of things closed. Going to have a big family day. Cannot wait. And we thought we'd celebrate by getting a, a few friends and family on the show. It's this guy. That's right, the Kite String Tangle is going to be joining us. He's got a brand new song. I'm going to be chatting to Danny Harley a little bit later on. Yeah, we can't wait, so let's dive right in. Hey, we're also going to have a mind blown. It's all happening here on Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. This is just the start. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Well, Alex Dyson, we took a hot bath in Iceland together. Yes, we did. And you took a cold bath, and I was like, eh, I felt cold before. <laughs> <laughs> Don't need to get in. Yeah, the old ice bath. My friend, actually, Georgia, just uh, bought a chest freezer for the old morning ice baths, chucked it in the garage. Really? And, and won't turn it on, it'll just have it there for throwing yeah, ice in? Yeah, turns it on for a couple of hours to cool up the ice or something, and then chuck some water in, turns it off, chuck some water in. Damn. Just sits in it for a couple of mins. But... One of the things that they definitely make you do in the public pools in a lot of other countries, but it doesn't seem to be a thing here, is to do the pre-swim shower. Yeah, you um, try and rinse off. I mean, the pool at the apartment that I've got has a rule on the thing. It's like shower before getting into this pool or spa. Oh, good, good. And I mean, they did it. Certainly everyone was doing the pre-swim shower in Iceland. And not only that, but very nude. We did share the change room and we did have to stand at opposite ends of the... Um, and I mean, look, I've discussed there. this before, you did, but I you, just... You said to me straight away, you called it straight away. It's like, I'm going over here. I just can't. I don't want to ever see you nude. I feel like that would be the end of us. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I just, I, I, I literally... You would see the end of us, yes. <laughs> I feel like I know every single thing about you. It's the we final secret. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, they're just, there's some things you just don't need to know, like... I feel like it would be like when the greyhound finally catches the rabbit and yep. realizes it's just a mechanical thing and they have to kind of say, well, that's game over for you. Oh, they could never race again. <laughs> that's it. So that's it. So I, you know, I just, I didn't, I, there needs to be one secret that had between us, but I'll tell you what, that might not even be in our hands if we were to be traveling to the central coast. All right. In Terrigal, the Central Coast Surf Lifesaving Club, right? Mm-hmm. They've got signs up in their room saying, visitors must now shower in their swimming costumes and change with a towel around them. They got some complaints. What's been yeah. happening? Well, okay. So one- change rooms usually, you know, you try and get out of your wet clothes. So I understand when people do it. And sure, if I'm in the change rooms at the pool, people are doing the naked thing. They just- They got a towel and they just, they do a little scrub-a-dub-dub, but some people can be particularly, um, blatant with their, with their changing. Well, that's the thing. And, you know, because this is a room of all ages, right? 
I think the suggestion is that some of the younger members feel uncomfortable around some of the older members doing their, you know, just letting yeah. it all hang out. That's what we do. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a tale as old as time. Why are these old people so comfortable with their bodies? <laughs> I have questioned it for many years. <laughs> And I mean, one local, right? According to ninenews.com.au, Nada Pantel always enjoys a dip at Terrigal Beach. Yep. She said it's part of her routine, right? And she's been forced to leave the club. Well, she says she's been forced to leave the club after using the change room and breaching the policy. Right? So she did she the old she nude was, shower. Yeah. And then she said it received a letter saying, I've breached the, the nudity policy. I don't, I don't know what I did. It doesn't explain it in the letter, but essentially the letter said, Okay, the Terrigal Surf Club has received a report advising you that you have breached the no nudity clause that can be found in the child safe policy. And should you continue to ignore the procedure rules, you'll be subject to disciplinary action or termination of your membership. And Pantel says that she was so anxious that she handed in her resignation because mm. that's what changing rooms are for. Therefore, getting changed in. Mm. What are your thoughts? I think, I mean, some people are saying, you know, this is the... This is PC gone crazy. Yep. Right? Another person has said, well, it's a fair policy. PC standing for penis covering. Yeah. <laughs> um, some, another person said, no, this is fair. It's, 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 you know, I couldn't agree more. Another person said, I think it's overkill. Mm -hmm. um, as long as people are in the rooms of which they feel comfortable in, you know, gender wise, then it should be fine. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and someone else said, well, some clubs have separate sections for the nippers. Right. Being and then there's the, the larger changing being rooms for the, the, the young surf life saving crew. <laughs> Not slang for. <laughs> slang for people who like getting the nips out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, what do you reckon, Alex Dice? I mean, I, like, oh. if, if this, if this is a thing, but I mean, you know, we should be. Does, must every example of nudity be somehow sexualized? You yeah, know? Or that's does the it thing because the generation. <sighs> that's the thing because this is. I'm trying not to say a. I, I can only say my experience, and so by saying back in my day, that just is. <laughs> it makes me cringe, but it's interesting to see how I always keep myself covered up. I do change with a towel and all that kind of thing. And yeah, you go in a change room and there's people who don't do that and they're wandering around nude as the day they were born because they don't mind about it. And it's weird and uncomfortable, but also it's never been an issue other than my own internal issue of like, you know, I feel strange. I always feel awkward because... I, I I always stand by the no erection policy in the change rooms. <laughs> yeah, I haven't come across, I haven't come across that. <laughs> that, that, that is definitely that has always been an unwritten law in my books. Like Yeah, okay. That's we've, like we've, we must maintain <laughs> flaccidity. <laughs> flaccidity must be maintained Absolutely, in the change rooms. Absolutely, as long as it's that like that, then I'm like, well, you know what, whatever, yeah. that's life. Yep. As soon as something else, anything else happening, well, that's sus as. Yeah. Um, but let us know what you think <laughs> at matt.alex yeah. uh, on our Instagrams. We'd love to hear this. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a highly debated topic in New South Wales right now. No, wait, wait, wait. You, you can, if there's a lot of debate, 
there's been a there's been a large debate. There's you wanting me to say that there's been a mass debate. <laughs> That's what I was going for. Thank you. Getting touch dot and dot Alex. <laughs> to be clear, we are against that that in the change rooms. <laughs> so Once again. Against. Well, Matt, when you wake up in the middle of the night and it's pitch black and you need to go to the bathroom and you do that and then you come back into your bedroom and you're feeling along the walls because you can't see anything in the darkness and then just as you get towards the edge of the bed, you accidentally kick the corner of the bed and just bellow in pain. That is what you call a blind moan. This segment is called Mind Blown. Mind Blown. <laughs> wow, <laughs> it sure is. Um, and I'm very impressed, Alex Dyson, as I always am mm. with you. Do you know what? You navigated that segue, that introduction into this segment, much like Egyptologist Towered Carter's. Excavation what? group. Towered, to f- Towered Carters? No, e- Egyptologist Howard Carter. Okay. And his excavation group, which in 1922 found steps that led to one Tutankhamun's tomb. Ah, the good old days where you could just grave rob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just go in, put your stuff in a museum, say it's yours. Yeah. Love it. Wouldn't that be great? Just go into someone's house, take their jewellery, and <laughs> <Yeah>. then... <laughs> Display then the it in your own come, home yeah. museum. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, this is just uh, me uh, archiving history. <laughs> I, no, 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 it's not stolen goods. They are antiquities <laughs> to wow and astound. <laughs> and then on top of that, you get you get to charge people to come and look at yeah. them. <laughs> Yeah, they're welcome to come visit and look at their stuff if they'd like to. That'll be £13.50. Thank you. A little bit of cream on the top. Hey, well, um, in Tutankhamun's tomb, you can see a very, very strong-cheeked, chiseled jaw boy. Um, The sign of strength. Well-celebrated prince. Mm. But uh, as reported by the Daily Mail... Which is where we get all our facts from, Alex Dyson. All the best facts. Uh, the, the, according to a virtual autopsy, a lot more has been uncovered about this prince. Mm-hmm. Um, there was ideas and suggestions that he received some serious skull fractures thanks to dying as a result of murder or a chariot race. However, due to this study of his, uh, or the, the scientific study put together with CT scans, genetic analysis, and over 2,000 digital scans used to generate. Of his mummified body. Yeah, of his mummified body. Apparently, this this Tutankhamun looked nothing like the face on the coffin. Mm. And some of the physical traits that he had had nothing to do with chariot racing and murder. Um, new research suggests that Tutankhamun had a prominent overbite. Um, this he is, couldn't have. This is typical Daily Mail. Just like took <laughs> took pap snaps of Tutankhamun down, <laughs> lazing on the sand on the coast of the Nile. Just like King Tut flaunts his 
He's over gargantuan <laughs> overbite while hanging out with while Cleopatra. He li- <laughs> while he walks with a cane due to his club foot. <laughs> oh, no. Um, yeah, he had a club foot, which he would have made him impossible to stand in a fast-moving chariot. So that wasn't likely to happen. Apparently, he also suffered from epilepsy and malaria. Um, was born. Can they with, tell that from the from the scans? Apparently, was born with twisted, malformed hips. And uh, as previously mentioned, walked with a cane. Now, they're suggesting what was likely responsible for, for these deformities. The answer is incest, which yeah. was not considered taboo in ancient Egypt. Genetic testing strongly indicates that King Tut's parents were brother and sister. And King Tut, as uh, described by news.artnet.com, um, genetic testing strongly indicates King Tut's parents were brother and sister, and Tut is known to have married his half-sister at the tender age of about 10. <laughs> So there you go. Uh, you can't always judge a pharaoh by its, you know, coffiny thing. <laughs> well, its... I'll give you a mind blown because the mind blowing thing to me is that these, because this happened, I guess, in royalty and, you know, leadership positions to try and hold on to power a lot. Mm. These are the people that we decided, yes, sure, you guys can be in charge. You make the best decisions for us, the monarchs. It's unbelievable. Mind blown. Yes, that's right. You can't always judge a pharaoh by its sarcophagus. That's what I should have said. Mm. But thank you very much, Alex Dyson. Um, these are sarcophagus the is the lowest form of wit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, you're playing on the words of, uh, sarcasm. Hey, just, I'm just saying, cause some people might not know that phrase. That's all. Uh, but we always ask you for your mind blowing facts on at matt.n.al. Oh, come on. I just wanted to, I wanted to, cla- no jokes are always funnier when you explain them. Okay. Yeah. That's a fact. Yeah. Um, you, we always ask you for your mind blowing facts. So anytime during the week, whenever you see something, just do what I do and just put it down in a little, little notepad. A little um, heading under your notepad on your phone that says, you know, mind blown. And then just anytime you hear something interesting, go, oh, I'm going to tell Matt and Alex that. So feel free to send us an audio recording. We love getting the audio message for you on our Instagram at matt.n.alex. And just like Ashley has done. A mind blowing fact for you, Matthew. Apparently, back in the old days, people or families used to all pee in the same bucket so they could sell it to the leather tanner so that he could dye the leather so that they could make a little bit of extra money. And that's where the expression, they're piss poor, comes from. (laughs) No. Really? (laughs) Wow. I did not know that. (laughs) That's pretty amazing. I thought it was Um, like, I thought it came in the same way that all of our phrases come from involving the word piss. I'm pissed off. You know, oh, he's absolutely, he was absolutely pissed on Friday. Well, look at this. I'm reading about this thing called urinotherapy now. Mm -hmm. Okay. According to mediamatic.net. Okay. Urine has been used for centuries as a cleanser. Okay. The Romans, this is direct from this website. The Romans not only brushed their teeth with it, (laughs) but regarded it as an effective laundry soap. In order to wash the tunic, pee was collected on the street by means of vessels that were carried away as soon as they'd been filled up by the urine of passers-by. But don't you clean it from that? (laughs) Isn't that the reason they need to be cleaned? It's got too much urine on it? Specific workers called 
Fullonies, or Fullers, washers, had the task to stomp, always with bare feet, of course, on clothes placed in, t- placed in tubs full of water and old urine. <laughs> wow. Oh, no. There you oh, go. And no. here well, we are. Ashley, that is mind-blowing. Mind-blown. And so typical of Western society, just flushing our money down the toilet, mm. literally. Well, we used to have a bucket in the shower. It'd catch the water like you would turn it on. You wait for it to heat up, catch the water, chuck that on the garden. Well, you put that bucket in the bottom of the bowl, my man. <laughs> I smell toast. All right, it's time to introduce a great friend of the show who has just released his brand new song, Fist Fight. It sounds a little bit like this. Ooh, some dark sounds coming out from Daddy Harley, who you may know as the Kite String Tangle. G'day, Danny. Hey, guys. How's it going? It's going good, Danny. I'm in your, I'm in your home city now. I'm back here, living it up. Briz Vegas represent. Oh, you're Brizzy, yes. What's been going on in Brizzy for you recently? Uh, I mean, oh, well, I just went to go see the Wiggles this morning. What? Which- chaotic. There it is. <laughs> How about that, Danny? Because I've heard that a Wiggles gig is one of the biggest sort of pulls of superstar musicians. I think I remember like seeing Dave Grohl hanging out with, you know, Queens of the Stone Age and like the Beatles side stage at a Wiggles gig and stuff. Like the Wiggles draw the music industry. At Splendour in the Grass backstage one time, Murray got the most photos out of anyone. There's just like the fans are out. How did you enjoy the experience in Brizzy? Oh, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty epic. It was pure chaos, but I, I loved it. It was, um, it was kind of interesting because at a venue where I've seen so many bands before, and so it was like just uh, a complete juxtaposition to my previous experiences there. <laughs> Wait, which venue was it? It was at Eaton's Hill Hotel. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah, Hilltop Hoods have played there and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Also, can we talk about how good morning concerts are? Like, <laughs> I don't understand these bands that want to get on stage at 10 p.m. Bro, you can be up there at 10 a.m. and be home by 12. Like, it's totally fine. What's the uh, earliest and latest a Kite String Tangle gig has occurred in your life, oh, Danny? Um, I think, uh, well, this isn't technically Kite String Tangle, but I did play a um, 3 a.m. set one time at uh, Rainbow Serpent. <laughs> in my oh, old band. Man. Uh, everyone would be re- in real good condition around Rainbow at that time, yeah. I would say. <laughs> oh, tell a, us about yeah. the new song, Fist Fight, because I love how... Um, have you created this this vibe on this song, Danny? What what was what emotions and thoughts are you going through uh, whilst you were coming up with this kind of sound? Um, this one is sort of like an extension of my previous album. Really, like it's kind of a bit bit dark sonically, but I wanted to um, I wanted to make it more sort of playful and uh, and danceable, I suppose. But lyrically, it was it's kind of an interesting one because it's sort of pieced together from fragments of a dream, um, and so it's like. 
when I wrote it, it sort of was almost an out-of-body experience because I just got in this flow state where I was writing and I didn't even really know what I was writing, but it just kept coming out. And that never, never ever happens to me. And so I just pretty much left it completely untouched. And I was like, that's really interesting and weird. And I kind of like that. And I'm just going to let the listener be the interpreter. And is that and writing on a uh, keyboard, like an instrument, or were you like producing this and putting in beats and just like modulating and all that sort of sort of stuff i had most of the beat down um and i really liked that and i knew i liked it so i wanted to do something cool lyrically um and usually as a chronic overthinker i kind of like put heaps and heaps of ideas down and then hate them and then another 17 and then you know until i just completely kill the song for myself <laughs> but, this, but this, this time it was like immediate and it just all came out and i just was like cool I, i'm done this is risky stuff danny because one <laughs> Dreams tend to be the most boring thing in the world for anyone that isn't you, okay? <laughs> now, the second thing is that to let the audience interpret whatever without you fully connecting to it first can run yourself onto risky ground as well. So you've doubled up here, and yet, obviously, as an experienced, you know, song, award-winning songmaker, songwriter, etc., for some reason, this particular song you have felt committed to enough to make a focal point of releasing as a single. So there must be something going on here or a story or a connection to it that is that, that it goes deeper than even everything you just told us. I think it's uh, the detachment to it because it was, it did feel like it almost just flowed through me. So therefore I was like, I can look at it from a like outsider's perspective and be like, I like this song and enjoy it rather than have labored over it for months and months. And, and um, yeah, I mean, which I did for a lot of other tracks that will mm. be really released throughout the year. Um, but this one I didn't. And so it, it's always sort of um, felt really fun and fresh for me. So it's almost like you're, you're, you, you like this song as a fan more than the <laughs> artist. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess, I guess kind of. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's, it's sometimes cool. you like stuff as an artist and then the fans don't give a crap, but you're like, no, I'm actually a fan of this song right now. <laughs> yeah. And I love it for what it is. hundred percent. Uh, well, no. that's excellent, Danny. And you can stream it now wherever you uh, like to do that. So the Kite String Tangle's new song, Fist Fight. Danny, it has been a pleasure hanging out. Um, but it's interesting as me talking to two people right now on a Zoom screen, both of them in Brisbane before you did shoot off from all day breakfast. Matt's been talking a big game when it comes to he is one of the biggest Brizzy advocates out there. I thought I could give you and Matt a special all day breakfast Brizzy quizzy, a, a quizbin <laughs> before oh, we right. let you go. Are you ready for this? Okay. I'm absolutely ready for this. <laughs> what was invented in Brisbane in 1900? Was it A, the Lamington for Lord and Lady Lamington? Was it B, the Pavlova for the Prince and Princess of Pavlova? Or was it C, the barbecue shape for the Sultan and Sultana of Shape? Matt. Matt. I'm going to say it's a lamington. It's absolutely correct. Oh, How about that? Yeah. It was this French chef. The, the lamingtons were in town. Didn't have anything for him. Literally raided the pantry. There was some old sponge cake and a bit of coconut and a bit of chocolate. Chucked it on there. Lamington invented in Brizzy. Yes. Uh, yes. Number two, the famous footy stadium, Lang Park, is built upon what? Was it A, Brisbane's first cricket ground? Was it B, Brisbane's first polo field? Or was it C, Brisbane's first cemetery? Matt. Danny. Oh. I'm going to say it's Brisbane's first cemetery. I was That's absolutely that. correct. Oh, man. Yeah, boy. Smoke here. I can um, see it from the windows of this of this building right now. I felt that connection. I felt all the spirits 
And All the ghosts of the footy players of the Broncos are bloody destroyed. That's it. And the death of New South Wales Blues hopes and dreams usually lies under yes. the grass there at Lang Park. All right, final question. C, Brisbane was the first city in Australia to have what for public use? A, running water. B, electricity. Or C, rat's tails. <laughs> Danny. Daddy. Hey. Running water. <laughs> <laughs> That's incorrect. It was electricity. Yeah, it was a come on oh, for public use. Non-committal. <laughs> you should have seen Danny's face just then. So squinted up like, oh, I know this is wrong. But I'm pretty <laughs> sure the Rat's Tales was was born in Brisbane as well, just at I a later still, date. I was still computing Rat's Tales. <laughs> have, you, have you ever had a Rat's Tail, Danny? Like the, the hairstyle or like as a, as a food? <laughs> <laughs> Is there much meat I, on the tail of a rat? I feel like it's very crispy. Now I want to try one. Yeah. Um, so, no, I meant as the hair. Imagine it being like a fried onion. Um, no, no I've, never, I've never had a rat's tail. It would, I, I honestly, yeah, I feel like it'd be like the, the, the very bottom mm. bit of a turnip. You know, they get very long and thin, you know, in the, when you roast them. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, thank you very much, Danny. Honestly, incredible uh, being joined by Quite String Tangle today on Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Please check out Fist Fight wherever you get your music. It is an absolute ripper. And uh, we can't wait to see it live as well as you, uh, no doubt, start heading out, getting on back on the touring scene. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me, guys. Cheers, Danny. We'll catch you later. See ya. And thank you for listening to another Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. We sincerely hope we get to see you same time, same place tomorrow. That's the way we will catch you next time. Until then, bye-bye. That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got something to add to the show? Slide into our DMs at matt.and.alex.